What's up, guys? Andrew Cooper here, Matt Deutsch behind the glass, and we are continuing our series, our Psychotic Hour solo show series that we're doing here, hitting on every division. What I'm doing is I'm taking every division and I'm writing an article for every team, full article on the weapons, what they might bring in for free agency, what they might let go, what effects it might have for Dynasty, how we can take advantage of that now before everything comes crashing down, or these guys get the opportunity in their you know, their value goes through the roof, right? Last week, we looked at the NFC South. All those articles are up. There's a video up on that. Thank you guys for checking that out. Thank you guys for tuning in live here. If you have any questions, things you want to throw in, we're live. So throw it in the comments. Hour long, solo, live show, no regrets. Let's go. So today, we're moving over from the NFC South to the AFC South. We're going to look at the Colts, Titans, Jaguars, and Texans. A lot of hot teams in that division. Could be anyone's division. There are teams from that division that could easily win the Super Bowl this year, right? So we're going to go through, tell you who's under contract, who's not under contract, and what they could potentially do to make moves here. And I'll tell you what, yes, Anthony, right there, big name Calvin Ridley. He's the top dog here. Actually, to be honest, there's an even bigger name. There's an even bigger name, and it comes from this first team I want to talk about here, the Colts. And to help you guys out, I created these crude graphics. Maybe not the best, not the worst. I've seen worse. But what we're doing with these is, uh, for those listening, I'm going to spell it all out for you. But just figured I'd have something on the screen for the folks over on YouTube. What we're, what I did here is I took all the positions, QB, running back, wide receiver, tight end. That should say tight end at the bottom there. It doesn't. Maybe I can fix it. Uh, whatever. Uh, so it, it, it should say tight end at the bottom. But what we're doing is we're going through and we're going to hit on all of them and essentially uh, mark uh, the players that are locked in in terms of their contract and their roster spot and their role. Those guys are going to be green. As you can see on this chart, Anthony Richardson is the quarterback. Green. Jonathan Taylor is the running back. Green. Right. Those guys are locked in for their role and their roster spot. The guys in white, free agents. Anything could happen with those guys. The guys in yellow are likely on the team, but they could have uh, an issue with their role. They could lose their role, which for fantasy football, some of these guys, it's super important. And I'll explain with this team. There's a good example here. Red, I, I'm putting red as guys that could be released or traded. So uh, there's a few of these guys where you see, you're going to be, why, why is that guy in red? That's why it's important to listen to what we're talking about here, right? So let's hit on this first team, the Indianapolis Colts. I'll tell you what, at quarterback, they're set at the top. They have their starter. He won the job in the offseason, and he looked good, especially for fantasy football purposes. People, We knew he could run, but we were worried about whether he could pass or not. The two games he played, over 200 yards passing in both of them, right? Then he got hurt, but, I mean, I'm pretty confident in what we saw there. Uh, so he's locked in. We're feeling good about him. After him, that's where the questions are because Gardner Minshew is probably not going to want to be back in a pure backup capacity. Honestly, if you had told Minshew that he wasn't going to win the starting job, he probably wouldn't have wanted to be there in the first place, right? He he did backdoor his way into the job when Richardson got hurt, but he wants to compete. He wants to be a starter, so I'm not sure he's going to be back. If they can keep him on an affordable contract, then great because, you know, they did really well with him stepping in. Maybe he's okay with that job, but, uh, you know, he probably wants to go elsewhere. If they're going to bring other guys in, I would want to see them in an ideal world. You bring in a veteran that can be a, kind of a coach on the field, right? Like you have Bryce Young on the Panthers and you have Andy Dalton, right? Who is a, you know, he can help coach and maybe he'll even be a coach when he's done. But as long as they're paying him a million bucks a year or more than that, then he's going to be out there doing that on the field. But you want to bring in a guy like that and even better would be if they have some mobility and you don't need to change the entire offense if Richardson gets hurt. So I'm looking around at guys like Jacoby Brissett, uh, Tyrod Taylor, Drew Locke is is actually fairly mobile, Marcus Mariota. Guys like that would be a good option there. Boom, Anthony in the chat, uh, Jacoby Brissett, let's go. Yeah, I mean, honestly, better boss, Tannehill to Indy, that's not crazy at all. Not only does he offer that mobility, not only is he a veteran that can help Anthony Richardson learn and grow, but he comes from the division, right? And it's always a little benefit to bring a guy in and say, hey, what's going on over there? You know, what are the tips? What are the tricks? What what what, what changed as soon as Rabel was, was let go, right? Like, what can we expect? What are you hearing, right? So uh, Tannehill is interesting, though. He might want to compete for a job. He might be a little too expensive. We'll see. If he's comfortable being a backup, 
good spot for him, right? At running back, you have Jonathan Taylor. Uh, he's locked in. They paid him. Zach Moss, unfortunately, probably played his way out of a backup job with the Colts, man. He looked good. He was able to catch the ball. Uh, I think he is probably going to compete for a starting job somewhere, potentially, or at least go somewhere where it's more of a committee. If they can convince him to come back on a cheap deal, that would be the perfect situation, right? Uh, and then they have Evan Hull, the rookie out of Northwestern. He's a pass catcher. He didn't really get uh, on the field much. He got banged up. But they have a pass catching option. So to fill out this room, they might want to go and grab a short yardage guy. I mean, at the high end, obviously Zach Moss would be the priority. But if you can't get him, maybe you go for a Gus Edwards. He's a free agent. Donta Foreman as a plotter. Basically, if Jonathan Taylor gets hurt, you want to have somebody that can catch balls and somebody that can do the dirty work. So Evan Hull can catch balls. So you kind of just need the other half, right? So A.J. Dillon, for instance, would be a guy, right? And then, of course, after that, there's a lot of cheaper guys. So, But, I mean, they're pretty set there. At wide receiver, man, they got to find a way to bring Michael Pittman back. These guys do not grow on trees. And I'll tell you what, if they do extend Michael Pittman, you start looking around at other big split ends. You basically have Mike Evans, who's 30. And you have T. Higgins, right? And after that, it drops off precipitously. We're talking like the next best guy the for you know a guy with size that can line up tethered to the line. We're talking about DJ Chark, you know, because like even Calvin Ridley doesn't really do that. Marquise Brown doesn't do that. And after it's like Curtis Samuel, the other free agents. There, there's not a lot of big split ends out there. It's it's top heavy, and then it falls off. So just give Michael Pittman the money. Pay Michael Pittman. Keep Michael Pittman. That's what they got to do. Franchise them if you have to, Anthony. I see that. You are kicking the can down the road. But, I mean, if you have to, you franchise them. But I say they pay them. Pay them, man, because you hit. You got you hit in the, in the, in the draft in the lottery, and you don't want to roll the dice again. So pay the man, right? After that, it gets interesting because Alec Pierce was a full-time player this year. He actually played. As crazy as it sounds, he was a top five wide receiver in uh, snap share, and he actually led all wide receivers in raw snaps. No joke. No wide receiver played more snaps than Alec Pierce, and he finished as the wide receiver 71 in fantasy football. 71. 71. 71. 71. And he led the league in snaps. That tells me this guy, he just doesn't quite happen. He probably played more because he's a good pass blocker, compared to Josh Downs, but I want to see Josh Downs in a full-time role. I want to see, yeah, the cardio captain there, Anthony, 100%, the all-exercise team, Alec Pierce. I want to see Josh Downs as a guy that is in like a Chris Godwin or Keenan Allen or Cooper Cup type role where he is playing flanker opposite of Michael Pittman in two wide receiver sets, and then he moves into the slot for three wide receiver sets when Alec Pierce comes on the field. And I'll tell you what, if they can sign Pittman, now Alec Pierce is not only in danger of being the third pass catcher, but if they bring in one more guy, he's probably the odd man out because he just didn't produce, man. He didn't produce. And on paper, he's got the size, he's got the speed, he's like 6'4", he's fast. But sometimes those guys just don't put it together. He could be the next DJ Chark or, you know, Quentin Johnston. He's kind of looking like that now all of a sudden too. So maybe, better as Better Boss says, maybe he does break out in third year. On paper, it looks good, you know, and he plays a lot of snaps, but we have to see how he looks with Anthony Richardson. That's why he's in yellow there is, is he, he's the only one that could lose his role. Josh Downs is going to have his slot role no matter what, and he could be upgraded to a full-time role. But again, you know, Michael Pierce, Josh Downs, these are the guys I want to hold on to because at the end of the day, if they bring Pittman back, I don't mind it. I don't mind that setup. So uh, down the depth chart a little bit. DJ Montgomery, he's a big-bodied guy that could be the backup to Michael Pittman. I doubt they turn around and make him the starter, uh, and he could even be released based on the contract he has. Ashton Doolin is a guy they like. Uh, I believe he's a he's a exclusive rights free agent, so they probably bring him back. And then Isaiah McKenzie, I mean, he got beat out by Josh Downs, so he's probably going to go somewhere else. They'll probably need to fill out the depth chart with slot and things behind them. So there you go. With tight end, it's very interesting, right? And it all boils down to how much they – have seen from Jelani Woods and how much they like Jelani Woods because Jelani Woods is the perceived starter. He missed the entire season with hamstring issues, right? So if Jelani Woods can be the starter, I'm interested because we don't know. Anthony Richardson might like might like him, you know? Kylan Granson has proven to be more of a part-time slot-style guy, like a the guy before him with this team was Trey Burton, 
that played in that role. He only played on pass downs, came out. Uh, guys like Tanner Hudson, Cameron Brait, Anthony Ferkser, Mike Gusecki, just a part-time player. So Kylan Granson, he's probably at this stage not going to transform into an every-down guy. He had the opportunity this year, didn't do it. Mo Ali Cox is a blocker, and he's all, Mo Ali Cox, to me, uh, based on his contract, he can be cut for next to nothing. So he's actually in danger of not making the team. If they want to go out and, and get a new tight end, a new starting tight end, Mo or Kylan would probably be the ones that get cut because they have another guy. I can only fit three on the screen, but Will Mallory is also a rookie, and I think he looked all right. Like He can do what Kylan Grants can do. So Will Mallory could replace Kylan Granson, and then if they bring in another guy, now Mo Ali Cox is on the way out. The thing is, not a lot of great tight end options in free agency. It's like – you know, Dalton Schultz is number one. We're going to talk about him when we get to the Texans because it's the same division. Uh, after that, it's like Hunter Henry, you know, Noah Fant, Gerald Everett. Those guys would probably be upgrades over Jelani Woods, but we don't know that for sure. How much do you have to pay them? Maybe they just take a stab in the draft. So we'll have to see. Tight end kind of dicey on this, but uh, that's your Colts, man. That's the first team. We're going to try and go through, uh, you know, take about 15 minutes or so to go through and hit all these up and, and break it all down for you. And I'll tell you what. If you're not set up now for a dynasty league, because this is what this content is really about. I mean, I try and write these articles to appeal to Colts fans. There's one per team. So it's going to appeal to Colts fans who want to know what's going on. And it's going to appeal to dynasty gamers who want to know where they can get an advantage. If you want to go get set up for your first dynasty league right now, uh, check out right there at the top. It says adopt a dynasty orphan over at the FFPC. My guy, Eric Botman, has assured me that a dynasty league over there at FFPC has never folded, never folded. It's crazy, right? If you if you make one with your friends at home or whatever, it can get annoying. You know, people not paying out dues, as we've seen on Twitter, kind of stuff going on with that. Like with this, it's all automated. It's tight end premium and everything's set up. Uh, you don't have to worry about worrying about the rules, all that stuff. And if someone leaves, they fill that spot. You can go pick up a team right now, which is so much fun. It's the ultimate uh, move is to go get an orphan team and prove that you're a GM. And it's it's a lot of fun because you have no allegiance to the players. So you comb through this roster you just adopted and you say, this guy I like, this guy I like, that guy I don't like, that guy I hate. And then you can, it's so much easier to make trades. I, I actually took over a team from Lisa Ann in a series XM league. And I made five trades within the first like month of taking it over because they were her players, right? So a lot of fun. Go do that now. And if you use promo code COOP over there, they'll give you 25 bucks when you deposit 35 or more. So not only is it, you know, if you go make your own dynasty league with your friends, you have to set the whole thing up. You have to pay the dues. Here, you don't have to set it up. You go in, you can start a new team and do a full draft, or you can adopt one. And I'm giving you 25 bucks towards the team. Use promo code COOP. So uh, go check that out now. All good. The link is in the show description for anybody else uh, taking a look at that. But yeah, Dynasty, a lot of fun. It's year-round trades. You're a GM. You're the boss. So very cool stuff. Uh, let's jump over to the next team now in the order here. Uh, and we're going to take a look at the Tennessee Titans. All right? You look at this one, not nearly as much green as the last team. Let's pull up the Colts. A lot of the top end, a lot of safe guys there. Here, there's a lot of white, a lot of big names in white, meaning they're free agents for those that are just joining us. Uh, green guys that, that are set in their role uh, or could upgrade it. And then red is either cut or trade candidates. For instance, DeAndre Hopkins, not a cut candidate, but a potential trade candidate. And then yellow are guys that are on the team, but they could get pushed down if this team signs new free agents. They could lose the role they have. So let's get into this team, man. Uh, Tennessee Titans, changing of the guard, a lot of moving parts here, basically bringing in Brian Callahan from the Bengals, who is bringing in his father. His father is a coach in the league, one of the best offensive line coaches, right, that they're bringing over from the Browns. They also recently announced today, Matt Deutsch, correct, correct me if I'm wrong, that they're bringing the pass game coordinator from the Jaguars in the division to run their team. Uh, I believe his name is Holtz. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting setup. I, I love that they're they're making all these moves in this direction to build around Will Levis. Yeah, Nick Holtz, thank you, producer Matt, behind the glass, my man, covering our back, baby. So, yeah, let's look at quarterback first. And, again, Will Levis in big, strong-arm quarterback. This is a guy that I like taking shots on these guys because he's proven that he's a starter, you know. And with guys like raw talents like this, 
it can go one of two ways, right? Josh Allen, people initially, even for two years, and I was one of these people that was like, hey, you know what? I'm not even sure if this guy is going to be a starting caliber quarterback. People forget what it was like then because of how good he is in fantasy and how good he is now. People forget that around the league and around you know the Twitter sphere and everywhere else, people were saying, I'm not sure if this guy is going to be a starting caliber quarterback. I mean, he, as a rookie, his completion percentage was 52%. That's not even in the top 32. Wasn't even the top 38 quarterbacks, man. He was running, which was nice for fantasy, but he was not throwing the ball well. The next year, his completion percentage improved from 52 to 58, and 58 wasn't in the top 32 either. He went from unacceptable to merely okay. And then when they got Stephon Diggs and everybody in year three, it took a jump to 68. And that's the Josh Allen that you see today that's a megastar. And the problem was, everyone said, this guy's a raw talent. We don't know what's going to happen with him. We don't know if they're going to develop him. It did take three years. So with Will Levis, I look at him, and that could be the path. Now, if he doesn't develop the way that we want, he doesn't put in the work, the other side is he could be you know, the next Jay Cutler. And Jay Cutler, obviously, for we would be happy with that too, but it could be even worse than Jay Cutler. It could be like Ryan Mallett where it's just a guy with a big arm and an empty head. So we don't know for sure what's going on there. But with Will Levis, I'm very interested to see where this goes because he is a big, strong-arm, athletic guy. And they do have some weapons here, and they did just go out and get a bunch of good coaches. So Will Levis and Dynasty, I like him. He's locked in as a starter. Now, what happens after him on the depth chart, we'll have to see. Ryan Tannehill is very likely gone. He's not going to stay on and be a quarterback. He basically already told us that he's done. You know, he was feeding targets to DeAndre Hopkins to get him to his milestones. So Ryan Tannehill likely out. And then they got to decide, you know, do they want to just roll with Will Levis and Malik Willis? I don't think so. You know, Malik Willis, I will say this, there were a lot of high hopes for him, but third round pick quarterbacks have not done well in this league. Every once in a while, you get these day three guys, Brock Purdy and Tom Brady, but third round quarterbacks, the best one in the league over the last 40 years to be drafted is Russell Wilson. And that's a good player. The next best two statistically I was looking are Chris Chandler and Matt Schaub. Like third round quarterbacks are cursed. You know, it's like we're looking at Desmond Ritter, Malik Willis, and, uh, you know, uh, and, and Davis from the Texans. Like those are, those are the guys that, I mean, it's just, it's, it's not good. So I could see this team going out and, and they're going to be in the mix to try and get a backup quarterback that's a veteran and that can play if Will Levis gets hurt. So they want someone that you can bring in that's been around the league that can help, you know, help this guy grow, be a coach on the field, but also play if he gets hurt. So I'm looking at guys like, you know, a Blaine Gabbert who's been around, Teddy Bridgewater. Blaine Gabbert's been in the division as well. Teddy Bridgewater, maybe, uh, Trevor Simeon, Matt Barkley. I mean, they're not competing for the job. You don't want someone competing. Yeah, I know, Anthony, quite a fall. That's like a off a cliff fall from Russell Wilson. So, yeah, third-round quarterbacks, yikes. You want your team drafted quarterback in the first or second round at least, and honestly, first. And honestly, first overall, because those guys have great hit rates. Everybody else is not that good. So, there you go. This year, there's you know there's a few guys at the top, but uh, Titans don't have to worry about that. So, yeah, those are the guys I want to see. At running back, again, another name, Derrick Henry, they're saying he's gone. And to me, that tells me that they're probably out on – I mean, like you, you don't go from Derrick Henry to Austin Eckler, right, especially when you have Tajay Spears, 30, 30 years old to 29. If they're going to spend up big, it's going to be on a Jacobs or a Barkley or a Pollard, and I'm not sure they're going to do that, right? That's why Tajay Spears to me is in green. If I thought they were going to sign – Saquon Barkley, he would be in yellow, whereas, you know, he he would just be a pure backup. But Tajay Spears, I, I like his pass catching ability, and he's in green because I think that he's going to maintain the pass catching role at least, right? If he can get the full role, amazing. That would be such a good hit for fantasy football, right? People were worried about his knee and all this stuff. He looks fine to me. They drafted him in the third round, so they like him. So he's at least going to maintain the pass catching type role. If they do supplement it. It'll probably be with a plotter. Try and, uh, you know, replace Derrick Henry with somebody cheaper that can handle short yardage work, which would be similar to the names I mentioned for the Colts, honestly. Gus Edwards, A.J. Dillon, and that would be annoying for fantasy. I don't want to see A.J. Dillon and Tajay Spears. I'm just telling you what could happen, 
right? You have to be prepared for what could happen. We don't want that to happen. We want Tajay Spears to get every carry and be the next Rashad White. That's what we want, right? Uh, after, so like Hassan Askins has had some issues. He, he missed the entire year. He had some court issues, legal issues that he was able to get through. And he seems like he's actually going to be all right with that. But I don't know. You know, they're going to need to fill out this depth chart somehow. But again, I don't think it's going to be at the top end with a Jacobs or a Barkley, but wouldn't rule it necessarily completely out. I see them going with Tajay Spears and supplementing him with other guys that that complement what he does. Right. So there you go. At wide receiver, DeAndre Hopkins, he's in, he's only in red because he could be traded. I think he's going to remain with the team, right? So I think DeAndre Hopkins is going to stay with them, but he could be traded either way for Dynasty, no matter what, he's going to end up being a guy that uh, that you can utilize because he's either going to be one of the top targets for this team or he's going to get traded to a team that's going to make him a focal point. So DeAndre Hopkins, I maybe I need to add new uh, additional colors. He should be like, green yellow or something because he i mean he could be traded that's why i put him in red that's how that's how the chart goes in the articles but i think in dynasty he he's going to be a viable player once again Traylon burks is in yellow because if they bring in one more pass catcher along with deandre hopkins that's a better player than Traylon burks now Traylon Bar- burks is not only the third target but he's probably not playing a full snap share very few teams actually use three wide receivers every single snap. In fact, none of them do. McVay has come close at times. The Bengals have come close at times, and they're bringing in Callahan. So maybe they do use a lot of three wide receiver sets, but we'll have to see, man. Uh, but Traylon Burks, I'm rooting for him. You know, I know Britt Flynn is a big Arkansas fan. We got some fans in the chat. Howard Bender likes him too. So we're, we're rooting for him. But just know that if they bring in another guy, it could be problematic for Burks because, you know, now he's the third fiddle. Now, as for like a big split end or a third guy, Nick Westbrook-Akine and Chris Moore are both free agents, right? So they'll prob- they will they could bring one of those guys back. Colton Dowell, listed in red here, he is a local guy. He's 6'5". They like him. Unfortunately, he got hurt, tore his knee up in week 17. So he's going to miss – even if he makes the team, he's going to miss a massive chunk of the season. So they don't even have that on the back burner as like a backup big dog like they probably need to bring back Nick Westbrook, Kine, or Chris Chris Moore, and then bring in another guy, right? So I'm looking at like, I mean, if they really wanted to go big, they could bring in uh, a, a one of the top free agents, right? DeAndre Hopkins can play split end or flanker, so you could bring in Mike Evans to play split end, or T Higgins, or or Michael Pittman if he's available, or you could go with Hopkins at split end and bring in a flanker like a Calvin Ridley. There's been rumors about that, or a Marquise Brown, or you can, you know, you can, you can obviously move down, and they could go with a, you know, they could go with Hopkins and Traylon Burks on the outside with a slot guy, right, and bring in Curtis Samuel or bring in uh, Tyler Boyd. That would be good if you're if you're a Traylon Burks fan, you want them to bring in a guy who's almost certainly going to play slot because that means it's going to be Hopkins and Burks as the two guys, right? Hopkins, Burks, and Tyler Boyd, and Callahan. The new coach, have to mention, he's coming over from the Bengals. So put two and two together. I do I have to, I don't have to spell it out for you that Tyler Boyd's a free agent and they could use the slot guy, right? So there you go. Uh if if they don't do any of that and they just kind of ride with what they have and maybe do a draft pick or fill it out, then Kyle Phillips could be the player in the slot. And then, yeah, you know what? Whatever. He's a he's a day three pick. I what I would do if that's the case, if Kyle Phillips is going to start this year, I would trade him immediately because he's got he'll have some value and you can cash out on a guy that has no value at this particular moment. So the longer we get into free agency in the draft, if you can just pull up the depth chart, go to your buddy and say, Hey, look at who's playing slot for the, you know what I mean? Because Nick Westbrook, Akine, and Chris Moore are technically not on the team. So if you're going to build a depth chart of who is actually there, it would read Hopkins, Burks, uh, Kyle Phillips. Right. So if you can trade him based on that, do it immediately for a third round pick or literally anything you can get. And if Kyle Phillips blows up, then you can rest easy at night knowing that you took a, you know, one dollar scratch ticket and you were able to cash it out knowing that it was probably going to be nothing anyway. And the, you know, the off chance that it hit, you made the right decision. So that's where I'm at with Kyle Phillips. Uh, As far as tight end goes, I'm a Chickaconquo fan. There's no secret there. What he is is he's a undersized guy, height and weight wise, but he runs a four-five-two, which is the exact same forty time as George Kittle. Right, George Kittle leads all tight ends over the last few years 
in 40 plus yard plays and it's not particularly close. Nobody else has as many 60 or 70 yard plays as him. That's the speed, right? Helps with ADOT, helps with the yak. That's what we're hoping for Chig. Uh, Anthony points out he did look good down the stretch. So that's that's what we're hoping for Chig Conquo. But again, it's a new regime, and they might not want this guy that is basically like an Evan Ingram type slot guy. In an ideal world, it's Hopkins and Burks, and Chig is playing a ton of slot. That would be perfect for fantasy football. But if they wanted to go 11 personnel with three wide receivers and a two-way tight end, Josh Wiley might be more of that ilk. He's a, a He was a rookie this year out of Cincinnati. He's not particularly fast, but he's a lot bigger than Chig. He's like 6'7", 260, prototypical Gronk-sized type boy. So maybe Josh Wiley wins that job. Maybe Wiley ends up the inline tight end with Chig in the slot. Or maybe they go out and try and bring somebody in. I mean, what they could do, uh, if they wanted the best two-way tight ends on the market, we're looking at Dalton Schultz, who we'll talk about. Again, Hunter Henry, Noah Fant, Gerald Everett, I don't know. If they were just going to piece it together, right? Because they're going to, you know, they're losing a couple guys to free agency. Uh, Kevin Rader and a few guys that don't really matter to us. Trevin Wesco. Any Trevin Wesco fans out there? I don't think so. So I wouldn't worry about those guys. They could bring in some players that these these guys have, have coached with in the past. Now, all the Jaguars guys are under contract, so uh, the offensive coordinator, Holtz, isn't going to bring over Jaguars. But the Callahans are coming over from Cincinnati, and they're coming over from the Browns. So maybe uh, Brian does bring over from the Bengals Drew Sample or Mitchell Wilcox as a blocking tight end, or maybe he brings in Tanner Hudson who is a free agent who actually had some success with Cincinnati. On the flip side, uh, a viable two-way tight end that could compete for the starting job, like those guys would be mix and match players. Sample is just a blocker. Wilcox just a blocker. And, and Hudson just a slot guy like a Cameron Bray. If they want to bring in a two-way tight end, uh, Brian Callahan's father, the offensive line coach coming over from the Browns, and Harrison Bryant is a two-way tight end. He's been stuck behind David Njoku. He could come in and compete for that starting job. So if they were to sign Harrison Bryant, I would be interested because that means that, you know, these guys that have coached him in the past really like him. They believe in him. They think he can win the starting job. So if that's the case, maybe sign me up for that, right? So that's the situation. I do like Chig, though, so I'm hanging on to Chig. Uh, Ani Coop is not a blah division. There are no blah divisions. There's just a lot of – there's all there's a lot of great teams – this team is is they got a rebuild to go through, right? The Colts are trying to compete now, right? So the Colts are in, got an interesting young quarterback. This team, interesting young quarterback. Uh, next couple teams on a coup, these are teams that could compete for a Super Bowl. So I got through these ones first. Do not say blah on my podcast, please, in my comments on my podcast. You're supposed to support me. You're supposed to say this is great. And I'm really enjoying this, and I'm really learning a lot. And I want to hear you talk about Chickaconquo for another 10 minutes, if you can. But we could. I honestly could if you guys want to. But we should get to some other teams. So let's move on to the next one. Next team here, Houston Texans. This team is hot, boy. They just made the playoffs. Like if you're a Texans fan, you have to be pumped because your expectations were low. Didn't matter. It was a rookie quarterback. You didn't even get the first quarterback off the board. Anything could have happened here. They made the playoffs and then won a playoff game. So you got to be amped if you're Colby Conway at Fantasy Alarm and you're a Texans fan. Like you got to be pumped up. So CJ Stroud, obviously the offensive rookie of the year, shoe in, lock that in. You got to be feeling good about that. Behind him, right now, my only advice on CJ Stroud is not even is not about you know is he the guy? Is he not the guy? You should be loading up on CJ Stroud rookie cards if you can get your hands on him. That's the only question for CJ Stroud, man. He is awesome. He's locked in. Case Keenum. I don't mind him as a backup at all. He beat out Davis Mills, started the two games where Stroud was hurt. I'm good with Keith Keenum. He's a veteran. He's been around. He can play if the starter goes down. I'm fine with them leaving at that. And then Davis Mills, because he got beat out and he can be released with like $1.3 million in savings, maybe you release him. Maybe, you know, you're not going to utilize him. Like you could hold on to him as a emergency third quarterback and have him run the, the, the scout team, but I don't know. It could go either way, but it doesn't really matter for fantasy. Davis Mills is the exact example of a guy that when he had a couple 300-yard passing games as a rookie, you probably should have sold because those guys, they you know, it's tough. It's tough. Uh, at running back, Devin Singletary is a guy that we were on 
oddly enough, Damian Pierce, we warned people that Damian Pierce graded out as, in his rookie year. He was very good at running, but graded out as one of the worst pass-blocking running backs in the league, outside the top 120, right? That's per pro football focus. And people come to me and they say, oh, pro football focus, who cares? It's just their opinion, their grades. Well, the offensive coordinator, Bobby Slowick, for the Texans, worked for pro football focus for three years, right? So he knows all about those metrics, knows about the process, knew that situation, brought in Devin Singletary, who's a good pass blocker. And sure enough, Devin Singletary took over the entire job, right? So Damian Pierce, big hit for him. We'll have to see. I mean, his value couldn't be any lower. So I don't know if you drop him or just hold on to him. Right now, he's basically a kick return. So we'll have to see what they do with that. He is a good, you know, short yardage back, but I mean, they didn't trust him. It was all Singletary. Now, Singletary is a free agent. This team, if they love him, they could bring him back and try and just roll with what they have. You know, he was productive. He's going to be affordable, but this team also has a good amount of money available, right? They have $66 million in projected cap space. They could realistically go for any one of the top dog free agents. That would be fun for fantasy football. This team, after having a big year, right, and they run the same offense that the 49ers run and that the Dolphins run, where they have the fullback and they have the two-way tight end, they could go out and, you know, they have Laramie Tunsil. They could go out and get a top running back the same way the 49ers did, and that would be excellent. I mean, if they go out and get Josh Jacobs or Saquon Barkley or even Tony Pollard, I mean, come on now. Just imagine Josh Jacobs on this team, Saquon Barkley on this team, C.J. Stroud, Saquon Barkley, Nico Collins, Tank Dell, whoever at third wide receiver, and then bring back Schultz. I mean, that would be loaded up. So that that could be the case. Uh, Dare Agumbawale is kind of just a journeyman pass catcher back. I don't think they need to bring him back. They can they can fill out the depth chart with whoever. He plays some special teams. He even actually kicks an extra point. But I mean, like, you're not going to bring him back for that. That was just that was random. Uh, Nico Collins. So a wide receiver, you got Nico Collins, big split end, uh, really came into his own. I had him comped out as Kenny Galladay when he first came in the league. People didn't like that, but Kenny Galladay had back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons his second and third year. He just hurt his hip and went to play with a bad quarterback. That's how Kenny Galladay's, you know, tanked. Nico Collins, he's even better than Kenny Galladay, in my opinion. He's locked in as the split end, uh, so you got to love that. And behind him, Xavier Hutchinson, see no reason not to just hold on to him. He's another big, tall guy. And when Nico went down, Hutchinson took over that role. They got a direct backup, affordable deal. Works for me. Let's keep it. You know, uh, Tank Dell, he suffered a high ankle sprain where his leg actually broke. Same injury that Darnell Mooney and Tony Pollard suffered last year. Tony Pollard suffered the same injury in early October, and he was back by the start of the regular season, played every single game. Tank Dell suffered it in early December, so one month behind. I mean, I'm expecting Tank Dell to be back and ready to go to start the season. If, you know, I know not everybody's built the same way, but I expect him to be back coming off this broken leg. Uh, I'm not sure if they did the tightrope surgery that they do for these type things, but maybe they did, maybe they didn't. Well, I, I got to check in on that, but I think Tank Dell is going to be back. And and he already graduated. So we, we were talking earlier about Josh Downs. If you're just joining us now, thank you guys for popping in. If, you, if you're, uh, we were talking earlier about Josh Downs and how we want him to be a full-time player on the outside. Tang Dell graduated to that almost immediately. People said he was undersized. They said he was going to be a slot guy. And by people, I mean me. I looked at Tang Dell and I was like, dude, this guy's tiny, right? Like five, seven, five, eight. I'm like, no way is he going to be a full-time player. I was wrong about that for sure. Thank goodness I actually do have some Tank Dell because, you know, I looked around and in that range, there wasn't anybody more exciting or more explosive than Nathaniel Tank Dell. But, you know, I was worried that he was just going to be a part-time player. But he graduated pretty quickly to being a flanker outside opposite Nico Collins and then moving into the slot sometimes when they go three wide and mixing and matching with guys like Robert Woods and Noah Brown. But, yeah, Tank Dell, big-time value. I got a Tank Dell card over here somewhere that I'm pretty excited that I got. Here, here you go. Uh, Don Russ rated rookie Tank Dell card. Very fun. All right. So, yeah, Tank Dell, got to be pumped. So Nico Collins and Tank Dell are locked in. After that, yeah, they have to decide – if they want to upgrade the slot or not, uh, Robert Woods is, you know, team captain. They like him, uh, but it might, I mean, if they're really going for it, it might help to have him as the next man up at like every position, right? Uh, like 
if you go in and you, you know, and again, for slot guys, it's like Curtis Samuel or, or Tyler Boyd. So they're probably, you know, they're probably not going to be able to, that's, that's more lateral. You probably just hang with Robert Woods in that case. Uh, if you can get an upgrade to like a Marquise Brown or Calvin Ridley, yeah, you do it. But I don't know if they're going to be able to do that either. Maybe you draft a guy. Maybe that's a move where you draft a the best slot guy that you can get, in, you know, second or third round or whatever, and have him learn from Robert Woods. And, you know, there's no pressure for him to blow up right away. Uh, down the depth chart, John Mechie, we had a lot of hope for him, but unfortunately he missed his rookie year. He was diagnosed with cancer. We're still rooting for him, but he came back to play this year, didn't really carve out a role, even with a lot of injuries. So, I don't know there. Noah Brown, interesting player in that he had a couple blow-up games, back-to-back 150-yard games, uh, looked really good. But you have to ask yourself, is Noah Brown really good or is C.J. Stroud just really good? Because Noah Brown, I've seen him for years with the Dallas Cowboys, and it wasn't super impressive, right? And then Noah Brown, come, you know, he comes to, the, to play with C.J. Stroud, and he looks really good. I'm wondering if it's just a, you know, a couple fluky games in a, in a good offense with a good quarterback, and maybe you don't want to pay him. Maybe he played his way out of the contract you could give him, and somebody else is probably going to pay him a bunch of money. He's not going to be as good over there. So Noah Brown is a guy that in Dynasty, if you can sell him, I would sell him. I, I'm not sure if Noah Brown is like actually going to have a bunch of more 100-yard games. You know what I'm saying? I think Noah Brown probably just had the best games he's ever going to have, and good for him because he's probably going to get, get paid by somebody, but you don't want to overpay that guy. Now, the big – move they they have to do here because they have the fullback they have andrew back uh obviously this offense uses one troy harrison is backup doesn't matter but tight end is pivotal and this is where value can be had in fantasy football right because if they move on from dalton schultz and they actually truly do believe in brevin jordan brevin jordan had a big 70 yard touchdown in the playoffs if they believe in brevin jordan that is an incredibly cheap player that you can acquire just to see right if you have dalton schultz you can go out and get brevin jordan now, you know, you have the handcuff in case Schultz gets hurt. And if Schultz leaves in free agency, maybe goes to like the Dolphins. Now you have two starting tight ends. So Brevin Jordan could be interesting. The problem is what happens if they go out and they draft a tight end or they sign a top tier tight end. And now Brevin Jordan is buried. Then he has no value. His value goes to zero. So that's a concern with Brevin Jordan. But I mean, he's incredible. He's probably sitting out there on the wires in your deeper league. So keep an eye on that. Uh, Tegan Quatoriano is just kind of a blocker. So Dalton Schultz, they should try and bring him back. They really, truly should. But if they don't, Brevin Jordan's the guy. And Dalton Schultz, if they let him go, he'll be the top, in my opinion, free agent tight end. It's him, Hunter Henry, Noah Fant, Gerald Everett. Like he would be the top free agent tight end. Obviously, the best tight end that you can get this offseason without a trade would be the rookie Brock Bowers. But we're going to talk about rookies and stuff down the road. Uh, and all those situations. Last thing I want to say on the Texans, I'm honestly a little disappointed that the offensive coordinator, Bobby Slowick, didn't take a head coaching job elsewhere. I know Texans fans rejoice. They were able to basically just pay Bobby Slowick more money, which that always blows my mind in the NFL, where coaching salaries don't count against the salary cap. They don't, right? And all these owners are essentially billionaires, right? They have a crazy amount of money. You're telling me there was a possibility that Bobby Slowick, after an amazing year as the offensive coordinator, came over with D'Amico Ryans, that he could have walked away from this team over money and that giving him more money is all it, is what inevitably ended up keeping him with the team? My goodness. If there are any owners out there that let coaches leave over money, they should sell the team. Because these teams print money, and the only thing stopping you from being the Yankees or the Red Sox or whatever, not really the Red Sox anymore, but the Dodgers, is the salary cap. And it doesn't affect the salary cap. Are you kidding me? My goodness, dude. Good thing they were able to keep them. I wanted to go somewhere else so that another team out there could use this offense, the 49ers and the, and the Dolphins use, because it's great for fantasy football. When you use a fullback, it highly consolidates the targets among the top couple guys. So that's why you get Debo, Ayuk, Kittle, CMC, and Juwan Jennings doesn't matter because they use Kyle Juszczyk so much. Same goes for the Dolphins. It's how you get Tyree Kill and Waddle getting all the targets because they don't use Alec Engel. They don't use Durham Smythe. And that's why Dalton Schultz, if he hits free agency, the Dolphins are going to be all over him because they know he knows this scheme now and they need a two-way tight end 
They need a replacement for Durham Smythe. Durham Smythe is a good blocker, but he offers nothing in the pass game. Dalton Schultz, if he doesn't go back here, should go to the Dolphins. So that's my take on that. Let's move on to the last team in the division here, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Get them up here on the board. I don't know what I'm doing with that thing. There we go. Jacksonville Jaguars, last one in the AFC South. And they've got some pieces, right? Trevor Lawrence, obviously, is a franchise quarterback. In my opinion, say what you will, like people love to get all upset. Like, you're not going to do better than this guy. You should pay him, right? They're going to pick up his fifth-year option. It's his fourth year this year. You have to pick up the fifth-year options by uh, this May or so. I don't know the exact date, but they have to pick up the fifth-year option this year before he plays his fourth year. Trevor Lawrence, they pick up that option, but they should probably just extend him and figure out that deal as soon as possible, right? And C.J. Beathard, I like him as a backup. You know, he's a fine backup, so they got things pretty much handled there. I don't think they really need to do anything besides figure out how they're inevitably going to pay Trevor Lawrence because he's a star and he's going to be a great player in this league for a long time, right? Uh, at least better than than serviceable. I mean, I I can't see how teams out there would want guys like Kirk Cousins or Russell Wilson instead of a guy like Trevor Lawrence. Like you hit and you hit in the draft and you got a great player and he seems like a good guy. So just figure out the contract and you're good to go. Travis Etienne was drafted in the first round the same year as Trevor Lawrence. They both went to Clemson together, so they both have a fifth-year option coming up. Travis Etienne as well. You exercise a fifth-year option. For this year, he's going to be the guy. So uh, he's going to be the starter for this year no matter what because he's under contract whether they exercise the option or not. So Travis Etienne, he's in green. He's looking good. We love his role. I like him a lot in Dynasty. Pay up and get him if you can. Tank Bigsby behind him. This guy, the third round pick, people thought he was going to carve into ETN's role. Not only did he not carve into it, he got the opportunity early on and made a lot of mistakes. I know he, I remember him having a bad penalty on a punt uh, where essentially they were going to get, uh, they, you know, they were going to get a first down and, and Bigsby ran into the, oh, he ran into the punter trying to block a punt and gave the other team a first down on a crucial play. I think they ended up losing that game. So, you know, he made a lot of mistakes, but they're called rookie mistakes for a reason. I think Tank Bigsby's going to be fine, but he did kind of lose that backup job to Dearness Johnson. Now, Dearness Johnson is a free agent, so, you know, uh, they might bring him back. They might not. If they do, then it is what it is. I mean, Travis Etienne's a starter regardless, so whether they go with Tank Bigsby or Dearness Johnson or somebody else doesn't matter. If they do let Dearness Johnson walk, and as you can see, Jamal Agnew is also a free agent. They're going to need somebody to help with kick returns. So if they are going to bring in a free agent, I would imagine that either a wide receiver or running back, they bring in somebody that can help with that. So, uh, you know, if you tank Bigsby might be able to return kicks himself. I know he returned a couple. You could be looking at a guy like um, Antonio Gibson, who returned kicks for Washington. You could be looking at like Ty Johnson, who who's returned kicks. Travion Williams from the Bengals. Right, this guy's out there that return kicks and can, can operate down the depth chart. So not a big deal, though. Travis Etienne's a starter. Feeling good about him in Dynasty. Now, the big one here, obviously, Calvin Ridley. I've been hearing some rumors as of late that they were not pleased with the work ethic from Calvin Ridley, that they felt he was out of shape. They actually felt, from what I saw, they he came in underweight, that he, didn't, he wasn't working out the way they wanted him to, putting on muscle. So I don't know. And they said that... He, that led to him not having as many broken tackles, not as much yak. So I don't know. I'm seeing some stuff saying they want to bring him back, seeing some stuff saying they don't. I would be perfectly fine with them not bringing him back. Here's what I would want to see from this team if I were a Jaguars fan, right? You want to have Christian Kirk in like a Chris Godwin type role where he is, you know, he can play flanker and he can play slot, mix and match depending on what you're doing, but he's on the field all the time. Right, if it's a two tight end set or two running backs or a fullback or whatever, then you have your split end out there, and opposite him is Christian Kirk. Right, and then Zay Jones is the third guy where you bring Zay Jones in, and Kirk moves into the slot. Right, you don't want it to be where your best two wide receivers are Christian Kirk and Zay Jones because I don't think you can compete with that. You look around this league, and that's just not a that that's not a competitive setup if you're going to roll out Zay Jones out wide and Kirk Cousins out wide and Parker, sorry, and Christian Kirk, sorry, the Kirk Cousins being Christian, I got to look at views there, but uh, it's not the Christian Kirk, it's Christian Kirk here. Uh, you could have Christian Kirk on the outside with Zay Jones on the outside and Parker Washington in the slot, 
But, I mean, it just doesn't feel competitive. And, of course, Parker Washington would mix and match with Evan Ingram. That's why Parker Washington is a guy that if you can sell him, I would sell him in Dynasty. I would try and trade him, cash out, because he got a little steam with Christian Kirk hurt. People were kind of liking him, thinking maybe, you know, thinking maybe he slides in, gets a role. The reality is Evan Ingram had just as many slot receptions as CeeDee Lamb over the over the stretch at the end of the game. Like he plays a ton of slots. So Parker Washington is a sell for me for sure. Uh if you could bring in, and, and I basically I said Christian Kirk playing a Chris Godwin role. I mean, if it were possible, I know they don't have a ton of cap space, but just imagine Mike Evans as the split end with Christian Kirk as the Chris Godwin and Zay Jones as kind of the, the, the Trey Palmer that is the next man in, that would be a beautiful thing. But I just don't know if they can afford Mike Evans. They probably can't afford T. Higgins or, or Michael Pittman. And if you, you don't go that route, then the next best options are what, right? You're talking like, like I said, DJ Chark, Nick Westbrook-Akine. So this could be a team where, and again, we're just looking at free agency now. We're going to get into the draft. We like to... I like people always like jump to senior bowl and jump to all this stuff and draft stuff. The draft is in April, the end of April. It's the second day of February. Free agency opens uh, March 11th. That's the tampering period. And that's right when the combine's going on and stuff. So we look at this stuff first because this happens first and then the draft happens. But I will say this team is a candidate to go out and draft a big split end because they, they really – I'm not sure if they can pay one that's going to be at the caliber that they need. So keep an eye out for this team would be a tremendous landing spot for a rookie wide receiver. So if you have a rookie wide receiver that you like, that's 6'2", 6'3", 6'4", this is where you want that guy to land. You want him playing with Trevor Lawrence. You want him being the outside big dog wide receiver opposite of Christian Kirk. That would be sweet. So that's what you're rooting for. Uh, and again, you know, down the depth chart here, uh, Tim Jones is an exclusive uh, exclusive rights free agent. That means they can bring – he's got two years of accrued service time on his contract. That means they can bring him back for like less than a million bucks if they want to. Basically, when Zay Jones gets hurt, they just go next Jones up, right? And Tim Jones will play the for Zay Jones. So if they want to keep him on a cheap deal, they can easily do that, right? Jamal Agnew is a guy where he basically gets hurt every year. This year he broke his leg. If they, again, he's an unrestricted free agent, but he returns kicks and punts and is just a valuable part of a depth chart. So if they lose him and they lose, lose Dearness Johnson, they got to go and figure out who's going to re- do the returns. Parker Washington can return punts, not really so much kicks. So they got to figure it out, man. Uh, yeah. So there you go. Uh, Evan Ingram, just to wrap this one up, Evan Ingram, superstar. We believed in him all along. And it turns out that Daniel Jones, you know, whether he's going to figure it out or not, I don't know. But Evan Ingram was a top five tight end in this league with Eli Manning. Didn't do much with Daniel Jones. And he's been top five in back-to-back years with Trevor Lawrence. That tells me there's more Daniel Jones than Evan Ingram. The uh, kudos to the Jaguars for recognizing that and for paying Evan Ingram because now they were able to extend him or he would have been a free agent this year. They've got him locked in. He would have easily been the best free agent on the market, and he just had 19 more receptions than the next highest tight end. Yes, almost 20 more receptions than everybody else. Hawkinson, Kelsey, you name it. This guy, tons and tons of receptions, a lot of screens, great fantasy asset, especially in full PPR, and they were able to prevent him. I mean, imagine they didn't extend him, and then he led all tight ends in receptions, and they had to turn around and try and pay him now. That's why you pay these guys before they hit free agency. Look, Michael Pittman should have been paid and he wasn't. And now they got to deal with that, right? Uh, down the depth chart here, they need a blocking tight end to fit in, right? And Luke Farrell and Brenton Strange were used very, very similarly. Both players blocked on 70% of their plays. Both players blocked on nearly 30% of their pass plays, right? So the question is, Brenton Strange was a rookie this year. Did he show enough to be that blocking tight end or not? And if he did, great then you can cut Luke Farrell. You can actually save a million bucks with only 90K in in uh, dead cap. So we're talking $900,000 uh, over the top, a million dollars in savings, over a million. I think it's a million and 50,000, right, for Luke Farrell if you want to cut him. But Luke Farrell did play over Brenton Strange, so maybe you want to keep him. I mean, it's it's down the depth chart. I will say if they, if they do cut Luke Farrell, that's good news for Brenton Strange. In Dynasty for the long term, if you're rooting for Brenton Strange, 
who was a second round pick out of Penn State. You need him to take the Dallas Goddard path where he's the blocking tight end for a few years and then proves he has pass catching chops. And eventually what the what the Eagles did is they had Dallas Goddard on the field all the time and Zach Ertz on the field all the time with Zach Ertz in the slot and Brenton Strange could be the inline tight end with Ingram as the slot. And then eventually as Ingram ages out like Zach Ertz did, Brenton Strange becomes the guy. I don't like doing that and waiting, but he doesn't really have a ton of value. So in your deeper leagues, I guess you just hold on to him. Uh, I'm definitely not targeting this guy because, you know, Evan Ingram is locked in for the next few years as a pass catcher. So there's not really a whole lot going on there. So that's it. That's what we got going on, man. That's your AFC South. Thank you guys for popping in, for hanging out. Thank you guys for checking this out after. Uh, If you want to get in on Dynasty, if you don't play, go over to myffpc.com. Use promo code COOP. They'll give you 25 bucks when you deposit 35 or more. You can go get set up over there. Adopt a orphan team, or you can do a startup draft. Draft your own players. Either way, do both if you want. It's fun. I mean, honestly, doing your own startup is fun, and also kind of doing a rebuild team. You don't have to pick. You can do both. So go check that out. Also, right now, uh, go over to... Uh, fantasyalarm.com and get set up with our all pro package right now we got baseball coming around we obviously football never sleeps i never stop doing that jeezy thank you for popping into the chat uh never stops and we have nascar right around the corner matt sells one of the best in the business he's gonna be coming on the sirius xm show with us this evening you know obviously hockey's going on basketball's going on john and pemba is absolutely crushing with his basketball takes making us a lot of money. So uh, I mean, I, I hit on this, I've been betting on his Jalen Brown first quarter prop every game and it keeps hitting because he's figured out that Jason Tatum sits the way his mind works, John and Pemba follow him on Twitter, J and Pemba seven, 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 but get the all pro package right now, get set up with fantasy alarm and win all your leagues and all your sports. Cause that's what we do. Fantasyalarm.com slash win. Thank you guys for hanging out with me. I know it's a lot of information. I know it's not for everybody, but we dig in deep and we want to make sure we know what's going on all the way down the depth charts for all these teams. So we're going to hit on every single team. NFC South, done. AFC South, done. Stay tuned next week. We hit on another one. I haven't even decided what it's going to be yet. I've, I've written a few of these articles, but I haven't finished them all. So stay tuned. Next Friday, we're going to hit on those. If you want more from us, tonight I'll be on Sirius xm channel 87 filling in for jim bowden from five to seven gonna do a couple shows next week too so hang out with us me and howard bender but for now that's it for coops fantasy football fiasco thank you guys for tuning in in the chat thank you matt Deutsch behind the glass i'm out of here